Good morning. A warm welcome to the service today and a special welcome to any who are visiting with us this morning. It's good to see a number of visitors and uh, we uh, pray God's blessing on you and us together as we seek to worship God. Also, uh, a warm welcome to those who are not here in person uh, but who are watching uh, online still. It's good for us to be able to come together and to worship God in this way. I'm not actually going to be taking the service today. I'm just introducing and uh, handing over, and uh, Dad's going to take the, the service this morning. So pray God's blessing on the service today. Thank you. It is a, a privilege and a pleasure to be with you once again here in Tarbert. We come with hearts that are full and overflowing with gratitude towards the God who is high and lifted up, the God who is holy, the God who is worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise, the God in whom we delight when we sing that psalm together and recognize that our God is a great God and great King. And as we draw near to you this morning, Lord, we come with a full assurance that you are here among us, that you are in the midst of the gathering where the two and the three are met together in your name. You are here and we believe with all our heart that you are here to bless. You are here to speak to us. You are here to minister to those who are broken-hearted, those who are dispirited, those who are upset for one reason or another, those who are anxious, those who feel physical pain or mental pain or emotional pain. We thank you that, that there is a balm in Gilead that the Lord is able to use to anoint and to soothe the aching wounds of every soul. And, O oh God, our Father, we thank thee even more that there is blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the cross of Calvary, to cleanse us from every spot and stain and blemish. And for those who come together today with us and maybe feel the burden of their sin weighing so heavily upon them, grant, O oh God, that you would take of the blood of Christ and sprinkle it upon their hearts and their minds and their conscience and their soul and enable them to know what it is to be set free from that burden, to lay down at the feet of Jesus never to take it up again, to feel that certain sense of freshness as we are cleansed anew by the living God, the God who enables us, as it were, to soar upon the wings of our worship as we come into his nearer presence, the God who comes and is as a sweet fragrance around us and even sometimes within us, and particularly so as we gather together in this way. We pray that you would infuse us with your grace, O God, that we would know what it is to feel the warmth of your Spirit ministering our, in our hearts, that we would say with another, were not our hearts burning within us as the Lord spoke to us. And we pray, O God, that you would hear us too as we seek uh, to offer all that we are and all that we have to you. You are the God who has given of yourself in death that we might have life. And we give ourselves in life to you in order that we might be saved from this death that Jesus has protected us from. And that you would give us newness of life in the sense that we would feel the freedom that comes with the gospel and also the responsibility 
to live as your people in the here and now of time. We pray for those who are mourning today connected with this congregation, those who are in the community that feel the burden of a sense of loss, those who perhaps are feeling anxious as to what life will hold for them now that a loved one has been taken from out of their midst. Grant them your comfort, Lord, and all others that are here who have loved and lost family and friends in times past and feel the old wound being opened afresh. O God, our Father, we pray that you would comfort them with the comfort that you alone can give. Give them that peace which surpasseth knowledge. Give them that sense of strength that comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and fill us with hope, the hope of the gospel, the hope of life with Christ, the hope of service for you and the world and where we find ourselves. Hope and help at the throne of grace to be able to pray, to cry out to you from our own locations in this place of global pain that we find ourselves in. May we reach to the ends of the earth with prayer that peace would be brought about in the war-torn countries of our world. There is so much suffering There is so much warfare, there is so much argument, and there is so much falling out among the nations. And we pray to you, O God, that you might come and that you would help to bring peace and bring order to our chaos. We We ask also that you would draw near to those who suffer the ravages of nature in famine or flood, those who are experiencing drought. And so many more who are going through persecution as a result of having faith in Jesus. Oh, not being slightly offended as we sometimes can be in our part of the world. But their very lives and their families threatened. Their anxiety raised to levels that we have never experienced. The dangers around them so potent. And Lord our God, we feel so helpless in the face of it all and yet we pray that you would come, that you would move, that their oppressors would be touched by your power, that if it isn't your mind to convert, to convict and convert, that you would take them down from the situations that they find themselves in, ruling over others in despotic manner. Grant, O God, that you would now hear us as we cry to you for ourselves here. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the young people. We thank you for the middle-aged people who are strong in body and mind. And we thank you for the elderly who are here among us. And we ask that you might meet with each of us at the point of our need. That we would be able to say as we go from this place today that it was good for us to be here. That it was the very gate of glory for our souls. And it puts a new spring in our step. A new desire in our heart to tell the world about Jesus the only saviour of sinners, the one that each needs to hear about more than anything else in this life. So grant, O God, that you would come to us now and undertake for us, bring your word to life for us, make it live, make it work within us, and may we be guided and directed by it, for we seek to serve, we seek to worship, we seek to give you thanks and praise and glory. And we seek so very much uh, to be ministered to 
by you in the Spirit through the Word as a result of our faith in your Son, our Saviour. Hear our prayer. Take away our sin for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll pray together for a moment. Lord, thank you for these wonderful children that are here before us. Thank you for the homes that they come from. Thank you for everything that they mean to us. And thank you that they are able to hear about Jesus and know Jesus. And, O God, our Father, we thank you that Jesus knows all about them. So we commit them into your care and pray that you will bless them abundantly in this life with all the gifts that they need to equip them well for the path that they will follow. And may Jesus be their leader. Hear our prayer in his name. Amen. Now I'd like to turn to God's word in the New Testament in the Gospel according to John. John chapter 1 and reading from verse 35. I'm reading this morning from the ESV version. Jesus calls the first disciples. The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said often, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How long do you how do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And so on, amen. And may God add his blessing to that reading from his own holy and inspired and infallible word. Well, looking to the Lord for his help, we turn again uh, to the passage that we read from. Um, As you probably notice, I sometimes have a little difficulty with my voice, but hopefully as we go along it will get stronger and better. 
In John 1, verse 43, we have these words. I'll just simply paraphrase them a little. Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. It's a simple message, isn't it? We could say that's the message. That's the whole heart of the, the service today. I hope you don't, but you could get up and go home now and uh, know that you have heard the thrust of all that we want to say here today. But I wanted to look at it a little bit more deeply and share some gospel truths that seem to spring out to me. And the first one that I want us to notice to do with the gospel, and as we find it in the word of God, is that it's an active gospel. It has power. It's not a, a stationary thing. It's not cold and dead, but it's alive and it's vibrant. It has a power within it. John the Baptist, remember, points two of his disciples, Andrew, and possibly Philip, to Jesus. <coughs> and Andrew goes and finds Simon, Peter, his brother, and takes him to Jesus. <coughs> and the next day, Philip hears Christ, or hears Christ's call for him uh, to follow me. And what does he do? He goes and he finds his brother, Nathaniel. And then the gospel message is, in a sense, up and running. It's like a spreading flame. It's on its way. It's at a small beginning, just like the lighting of any kind of a fire. We see that it may be looking poor to begin with. But after a moment or two, as it comes to life, it really begins to to burn. And it gives off heat, and it's a flame. And this is like a spreading flame, and this spreading flame that begins even this day that Jesus found Philip and called him to follow him, it began to spread across the whole face of the earth, even to the ends of the age, it is still spreading. It's active still. And we ask ourselves today, well, if this is a an active word, if it's a living word, if it's a powerful word, if the Spirit of God is to be found in this word. As we gather around it today, can we feel its heat? If we were gathering around a fire, we would feel the heat of the fire. But we're not around a fire. We're around the gospel. And the gospel has something to offer us. It offers us life. It offers us hope. It offers us an eternity that is secure. It offers us grace. It offers us guidance. It offers us, no matter who we are, it calls to us to come to Jesus and to follow after him. Now, can you feel that? Do you feel it here? We hear it there. We know it up here. But do you feel it right there? See, maybe... (coughs) Many who have professed faith in Jesus have been honest with themselves. There are times when we go through periods when it's as though we don't really feel it here. Things have got cold and it's time for us to get back around the fire of God's word and to get into the place of prayer and be with fellowship in the people of God to hear what God the Lord would say. The most vital thing for us to hear at the beginning of any and every day. So can you feel it? I pray to God that you will before you leave if you don't. Christ is calling to you and his message is follow me. 
You come and you follow me. I will lead you places that you would hardly believe. I will lead you even into the presence of my Father in the glory. Does that not excite you? Does it not warm your heart within you? Does it not make you want to rise up and cry, praise the Lord? What can I do, Lord? How can I serve? I want to tell others about it. That's one of the things within us. We want to tell others about it. And while we're at this point, we would notice also at the same time that the message that they received was a very simple message. Very, very simple. Sometimes we wonder and worry about the complex things. And there are complex things in the Word of God to do with language and doctrine and theology and all that kind of thing. But it's a very simple message. Come and see the one Moses and the prophets spoke of. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, whom we now know to be the son of God. Come, he said to his brother. He would have loved his brother. He would have been concerned, but he would have been excited as well as being concerned. He had found something much better than gold. Pearl of great price. And he goes to his brother and he says to him, come and see what I've found. Come and hear what the Lord will say to you. He's called to me and he's asked me to come and to follow him. And so he comes. He comes to Jesus. And in coming to Jesus, we can learn from that, if you like, could call it a second point maybe, that this is a personal gospel. And verse 38, of course, is a, a question for us too. Who are you seeking or who do you seek? That's what we're trying to get across to the children this morning is the thing that you seek the most important thing in your life really it needs to be doesn't it what is there that is more important than knowing that our sins are forgiven that we have peace with God in this world of global chaos there is a Christ who is in control there is a place that is prepared there is a kingdom that has been made ready and even the pain that affects me from day to day is preparing me for that place in that kingdom. Wonderful. Why would you not want to tell someone about that? This is the gospel. That's why we seek him, isn't it? Back in the days of Christ's early ministry, we peruse the gospels, as I'm sure you all do. We learn that there are various people who came to Jesus for various reasons. One blind man, he came to Christ and he simply asked, when Jesus asked him, what, what can I do for you? And of course, being a blind man, he might have thought to himself, well, this is not obvious. I'm blind. Lord, that I would receive my sight, Mark 10 and 51. And Jesus met his need and he ministered to him and he ministered to him very generously. And that is the nature of Christ in the gospel. It isn't the niggardly gospel. It isn't the niggardly promise that we receive from God. It is generous. It is warm. It is wide. It is, it is greater than our minds can comprehend. It's all so wonderful. It encourages us. It inspires us. And it must have affected this man in that way. Remember another lay man at the pool of Bethesda? He, was, he wasn't able to walk and he claimed, called to Jesus. People told him to be quiet, but he called all the more and Jesus, he healed him. The woman at the well in Samaria, 
She says to Jesus, give me this water you speak of so that I will not be thirsty or to have to come here to draw water again and again and again, tired of it she was. And you know, on the one hand, what we need, or what strikes me about this is that whilst these are all essential and good responses in their own right, but Jesus, it seems to me, asks the question because he wants them to discover that he has so much more to offer than simply a single solitary need in the here and now. So often, I don't know about you, but in times past, even from childhood, when something was really bad and troubling me, You'd get on your knees and you'd pray to God and say to him, Do you know, if you lonely, just get this rid of this thing for me. I'll never do anything wrong again. And that's a silly prayer when we think of what Jesus has. And Jesus wanted them, as he wants us, to discover that he has much more to offer than a single solution to an immediate problem. Oh, it's right for us to go to him with our immediate problems. Let us tell him about them. Let us tell him about all of them. Let's hold nothing back from the Lord Jesus. He's interested, he's caring. He's much more caring than anyone that is around us, even though they love us. He is much more helpful because we want to help others. But sometimes, though we would promise to help, the thing that is essential is something that is out with our ability to be able to do it. But that's not the case with Jesus. And he wants them to receive, we could say, all that he has. I love that uh, version songs uh, where the, the, the woman who's in love with the Lord says, let him kiss me with all the kisses, with, with all his kisses. And simply it speaks to us about her desire of having everything that Jesus has to offer her. Sometimes we can be content with just Becoming a member, getting over the next hurdle, feeling that it's good that we're able to pray. But we want to get on with the rest of our lives and we don't want any interference from the Bible or the Lord with the rest of our lives. And why do we lose out on so much when we take that attitude? It's not enough just to be an adherent or just to be a member, just to want one thing, to want the essential things. Free me from, from hell, Lord. Yes, the Lord will do that. But we're called to much more than that with Jesus. The gift of salvation is what he comes here among us to administer today that will satisfy the needs of the heart and the soul and the mind. And it will be for time and for eternity. Imagine that. For all eternity. And the point is he meets their need. And then what he does, it would seem to me, that he forms a relationship with them. His disciples, that's key. A relationship that will never fade away in time or eternity. What a friend we have in Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus Christ can begin, if it hasn't already, begin here and now in this morning service in this church in Tarbert. Don't settle for a little of it. Oh, reach out with your heart for all of it. Let the Lord come flooding into your soul. May you feel blessed, may you be blessed, and may you be a blessing to all who are around you in the world so we know how badly the world needs it. To feel helped, to feel healed, to feel cared for, to
to feel uplifted, to feel surrounded, to feel encouraged and inspired, not simply by us as we are physically, but by the Spirit of God flowing through us as we seek to live for him, reaching out to others. And as we do, we find that our relationship, not only with the people that we reach out to, but also with the Lord, it deepens. And all that he gives is something that will minister to us. It will never fade away in time or eternity. What a wonderful thing. And maybe we have grown a little cold. Or maybe the trials of life have really given us a battering. And the faith that we had that was once so vibrant feels a bit jaded. Just life is tough. And it is tough. Well, this is a good day to come back to where the Lord would have us to be. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Hearing the words of Jesus. Feeling the companionship of Jesus. Knowing the warmth of the love of the Holy Spirit of Jesus ministering in our hearts. That's important because the third thing I'd want to notice is that it's an intimate gospel. We're not simply introduced to Christ and then told, Now, here is the law. There is the Ten Commandments. This is what the prophet says. This is what the Psalms have to say. These are cries from people who fell foul of the Lord at different times and there are penalties. He doesn't say, go off by yourself now and do the very best that you can to toe the line and to keep the faith. And maybe at the end of life I'll meet you again. And if you've done well enough, I'll let you enter into the kingdom of heaven. No, that's not the gospel. That's cold and pure religion, which does nothing to warm your heart. Jesus begins and deepens the relationship. After his question, what are you seeking? They respond with another question. We always have questions, don't we? We don't know it all. We can never know it all. There are always going to be questions as we study the word of God, as we walk by faith. We don't know everything. So they turn and they say to Jesus, maybe it seems like a silly question. Rabbi, where are you staying? They've got God in front of them. They could ask him anything at all. He would be able to answer. But they ask this little question, where are you staying? Maybe they were just in awe of him. Or maybe it was that they realized who they were speaking to and they wanted to know where he was because they didn't want to lose sight of him ever again. It's a good way to be. None of us here want to lose sight of Jesus ever again because he is God. Oh, he is the Savior. He is the one who is able to help us. And he tells them, come and see And when they do, there comes the key and the more intimate invitation in verse 43 that we take for our text today. Come, you come, you follow me. You know, when you read that, it seems to me that these are, in a sense, the preliminaries that are over now. The introductions have been made and there's a new beginning for them. Jesus is effectively saying to them, look, let's go on from here together today. That's what God is saying to us too, no matter who we are. Let's go on from here today together. What an invitation. What do the Ronaldos of this world look like now? What can they offer in comparison with this? We respect them for what they are. But wonderfully we have a Jesus who invites us to come and to go out from here together with him. To be with him forever. 
How do you feel about that? That's a key thing. Please be honest with yourselves when you get asked these questions. How do you feel about it? Oh, I hope you feel encouraged. That's what I would want you to do today. I want you to be challenged, yes, by all means. I want you to feel uncomfortable if that's what it takes. But I want you to go out of here together with Jesus. For he will do you good. And he alone will do you good. He'll do wonderful things for you. This is an, an active call. It's an intimate call. But it's also a call to discipleship. We are not all called in the same way. We're not all converted in the same way. But we are called for the same reason. And the reason that we are all called is because we need Christ. That's the basic, fundamental, foundational reason for coming to Christ in the gospel. We are called first to salvation. Without that, we are paupers. No matter what our earthly standing might be, there is an emptiness without that gift of salvation. And we are called first to salvation with all that it means, but we are also called, and this is important to grasp, we are called to discipleship, to be God's children. We are called by Jesus to live and to share the gospel in an active and an ongoing, growing relationship with him. Not just to put it into our mind and into our heart and say, well, that's comforting, that's good to know. And then not go out and share it with others. And we know that it is good for us to be studying the word of God, being found in the place of prayer, being encouraging of others, being always desiring to give an answer to those who would ask us the question as to why we have hope within us to speak the word of Jesus but along with that for many of us there comes a problem at least initially and the problem is that we might hesitate just as Moses did in Exodus 3 who am I said Moses when the Lord called him I want you to go to Pharaoh I want you to deliver Israel out of Egypt who am I said Moses what can I do we feel the same also we look at our Selves, we look at our abilities or we look at our, the lack of our abilities more, more likely and we think to ourselves, well, what can I do for God? But if you want your doubts dispelled with regard to faith, you've got to understand this, that assurance of faith and a, a walk with God will only come as we follow him, as we give ourselves into his service. You remember that great international figure Gandhi from India, leader, came to this country at one time because he was interested in things religious. He had heard about Christianity and he came to study it. He came to see just what it was all about. And he stayed amongst us in Britain for a good period of time and then he rejected Christianity. And the reason he gave for rejecting it was simply this, I hear what it says but I cannot see what it does. And that's the danger for the church as well. There are the two swings, we could say. There is those who give themselves only to works and nothing to serving the Lord in the spiritual worshipful sense. And there are those who would want to give themselves to the worship only and not do anything in the service of God. And yet the two must be held together. And it's as you do that 
that you begin to feel the help of the Lord and you come to know the Lord and the Lord ministers and encourages you. Tokens to be found everywhere in life because we are walking with Jesus. And that's what discipleship is all about. Great works often have small beginnings. Global evangelism is a great work. Billions of people have been believe, become believers over the years. They've all been saved by God because they heard from one of God's people the message of the gospel. But every one of them, though we think about billions, they're all saved one at a time. One at a time. It's not en masse. The Lord doesn't come and herd us up into a group. No, he comes and he speaks intimately. He speaks tenderly. He speaks persuasively. He speaks encouragingly to each of us individually to come and to follow him. It's a wonderful thing. Why would you not want to tell others about that? The gospel has power. And this is for those who perhaps seek to serve the Lord or are given their lives to prayer and they feel their prayers are not being answered or they feel that the words that they use in witnessing is not having any effect. But you remember the words that are spoken here by John the Baptist. He spoke them earlier, Behold the Lamb of God. That word was like a tiny seed sown by God through John the Baptist and it grew up into a great gospel tree, we could say. A place, a tree that had branches everywhere that would shelter and heal the nations, all who would come and dwell under it. By faith in Christ, it causes people to follow him. But remember how two of John's disciples heard the message and followed Jesus. It's worth noting there that this wasn't the first time that they had heard the message. They had heard it before, the day before. Maybe they had heard it lots of times in the company of John the Baptist. They knew what it was all about. And then John points to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Nothing happened. No one bothered. No one moved. And yet the following day, they're out again together and they see the Lord. And John gives the same sermon. Behold, the Lamb of God. And everything changes. Everything changes. They heard it again next day and all became new. Well, gospel preaching can be like that. And so can gospel hearing. One day it doesn't seem to mean anything. I wonder how many times we've been here and heard the gospel and gone out just glad to get on with things and never gave it another thought. Ah, but maybe this is the day that it's all going to change. The Lord is here among us, and what didn't seem to mean anything yesterday means absolutely everything today. And if not today, well, we have no guarantees for tomorrow, but maybe something will befall us that will compel us to regret that we did not respond to the God who called us to come and to follow him. You're praying for someone and nothing's happening. Don't lose heart. God's timing is the important thing. Keep praying. You're witnessing to someone and taking a bit of flack for it. Doesn't seem to have any effect. Don't lose heart. Keep witnessing. Trust the Lord. Walk with the Lord. You see, the rejection of the message 
on that first day when John the Baptist was preaching, it didn't discourage him from going on with the work because he knew that the word was like a fire that was going to burn within his bones if he didn't speak it out. He couldn't put out the fire that was within him. And that's what it is to preach. You know, some days for those who preach the word of God, and there are many of you here in this uh, gathering, this congregation, and we give thanks to God for everyone who does that, they can be like Elijah. They can feel as though there are days when they preach and they're as on fire, standing as it were on Mount Carmel. And God is blessing. And there are other days when they also feel like Elijah. And it's as though you want to go and hide in a cave and cry for the rocks to fall on you. It's so hard. Exhaustion sets in. Gospel preachers and Sunday school teachers and all who are involved in the work, take care of yourselves. Don't drive yourself to exhaustion. We cannot save a single soul ourselves. It is God that does it. Do what we are asked to do. And leave the rest to the God who has called us to follow him. He will do it. Trust him. Trust him. Believe in him. John would say with Jeremiah, as many a minister has said, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Even when you get a bit older and your voice is going and you feel kind of decrepit. And there are lots of young people around who can do this much better. The word still burns there. And it has to get out. There has to be expression. And we do it not because we think we're any good. But because we know that it is God who takes it and makes it live. And saves souls as a result of it. So friends... Be encouraged. It's a good thing that John continued in that work. And things continue still. The fire still burns. There are many who have tried to put it out over the years. They they try to kill the word and to close down the churches. But the word itself tells us, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. For the word of God is living and it is active. So take heart. Because the last thing that I want to just mention here is to say that the church, all who believe, may be a persecuted church in the era in which we live. It is also going to be a church triumphant. And it will sing praise to the Lamb of God in the presence of God. The Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And today this same Jesus calls us all to hear the call, to share the blessing. And in his name I ask that we all should follow him, follow him, follow him. We'll pray a moment. God, our Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this wonderful congregation. Thank you for those who serve here, its ministry, its elders, all who are involved in its administration in Sunday schools, deacons, those who attend to the fabric, the many people who pray. Lord, we Thank you for them. And we pray today that you would hear the, the prayers of the saints down through the generations, those who have gone from time and are present in eternity. 
Remember them and remember the prayers that have been offered to you this day itself. And may it please you to call your people to yourself. Revive your work and grant, O God, that you would awaken the spiritually dead, that you would make the people here, that we might together give you glory in the here and now and also the hereafter. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, rest upon and remain with you now and always. Amen.